0: Well, welcome to another Everyone Wednesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's Everyone Wednesday, it's Valentine's Day, and it's the start of the Lenten season with Ash Wednesday. So boy, do we have a lot of ground to cover. Today here on the program, we're going to be joined by Timothy Gagno, who's an artist, and illustrator, and has come up with something called the Illuminated Messiah Bible. It's 66 portraits of Jesus. It's a beautiful work of art. And we're going to be giving three copies of those away today here on the Bottom Line Show. Also, we've got a ton of great love and marriage uh, materials and things to give away from Dr. David Jeremiah. So if you want to start calling in right now, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. First, though, we want to kick things off with something that's happening right here in Southern California. Uh, Pastor Jay and the team at uh, Sanctuary Church here in Costa Mesa have a special event coming up this Saturday that we're going to be a part of. Uh, this Earlier this week, I had a chance to talk with him about this event. Let's get into that conversation right now on today's edition of The Bottom Line. Well, an exciting event is happening coming up on uh, Saturday, February the 17th. It's the Freed Conference 2024, and it's happening at the Sanctuary Church in Costa Mesa. Uh, joining me today here on the phone is Pastor Jay Hayslip of the Sanctuary Church to talk about this day of breakthrough. Pastor Jay, welcome to the Bottom Line Show.
1: Thank you so much, Roger. It's uh, my pleasure to be with you.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to see how many people are taking this type of stuff a lot more seriously than perhaps they used to? It seems like there is more uh, spiritual warfare showing up in our front door than ever before. And a lot of people are looking for ways to say, how do I protect myself? How do I, you know, I I don't wanna have to grab the armor of God, you know, at the last minute when the arrow's right in my head. I wanna be able to, you know, kind of anticipate this a little bit more. In this conference, I know that's one of the things that you're gonna be talking about. Talk about what our listeners will be in for if they attend the conference this weekend.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Roger. Um, Well, Freed, and let me just back up and preference it. I think you articulated that extremely well. People don't want to wait to the arrows at their head to try to put on the armor. Nowhere in the scripture does it say that we're to ever take the armor off. We're to always just have it on and live with it. Um, So Freed is a nine to three event this coming Saturday. Three sessions, there'll be lunch in there and a break. But three sessions, and these sessions are designed to help people to explore, to discover anything that could be in their life that could be an open door or something that is giving legal permission to whether it's curses or demonic activity in their life. Hmm. And then session two is about discovering how to deal with it, if it is there, how to remove it, or how to create safeguards to prevent it from getting in because of the culture, the world that we live in. It is so filled with whether it's idolatry or demonic things that could, if, if people brought that into their life, it could be open doors for spiritual activity that they don't want in their life. So mm-hmm. it's how to deal with it in session two. Then session three is about how to live an overcoming victorious life in the Spirit, how to continually stay full of the Spirit, sensitive to God, being led by Him. Because the scripture says we're to be led by the Spirit, and it says that He speaks to us as His sheep. And so we want to empower people how to identify something that could be in their life, how to shut the doors, and how to stay filled with the Spirit and walk in victory in the times that we presently live in. So that's a quick overview.
0: I love it. Pastor Jay Hayslip is with me today here on The Bottom Line. He's from the Sanctuary Church in Costa Mesa. We'll be hosting the FREED Conference, F-R-E-E-D, Conference 2024 this Saturday, February the 17th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And if you want more information, we have a link at kbrightradio.com forward slash event forward slash FREED Conference 2024. Those are very practical uh, tips. Uh, you know, the, the sessions, I think, are going to be you know, just right where we live, Pastor Jay. And yet you have to... Yeah. You have to wonder why is it? Why do you get the sense that so many people have kind of ignored this? I mean, I, I don't know how else to describe it, but it, there's a heightened awareness for demonic activity in the lives of Christians, and people are saying, "Gosh, why is this person acting this way?" or "This person, you know, being impacted by these things." And yet, yeah. we begin to realize that it, spiritual warfare has always been going on, but maybe there's kind of been kind of the blinders, the delusion that for many of us, we think, "Well, that's happening to other people." But it's not happening to us why, why do you think that is
1: and the enemy works subtly whether it's overt that he's destroying people's lives or he's just affecting people in a subtle way to where it prevents or stops them from experiencing god's full blessing of victory think about when the children of israel cross over into the promised land you know they were forbidden to take anything or touch anything. In Jericho, it was all to be destroyed or offered to God. And then they get to the next place called Ai, and they're completely defeated in an area where they should have easily experienced victory, where there was an accursed thing that was buried in their midst. And that cursed object affected them from experiencing victory, from being able to move forward, and it actually caused other people innocently to to die as a result of that. So God gave them a systematic way to discover it, remove it, and then once they did, it opened up the the doorway for them to move forward in victory. And so the world that we presently live in, so many things, idolatry, has been normalized in culture, all the way from what would seem innocent to a keychain, a Buddha statue, uh, the influence of new age, The mixture of things like burning sage and doing prayers to try to clean the environment of our home, things like that have been so normalized. People can actually own a Bible, pray to Jesus, and do some of these other things at the same time, not realizing that they're mixing things that are actually stopping what God ultimately desires to do in their life.
0: It's interesting when you talk about this. Pastor Jay Hayslip is with me today here on the bottom line. We're talking about what the event that's coming up at the Sanctuary Church in Costa Mesa, mm-hmm. a day of breakthrough, the Freed Conference 2024. We've got a link for the event up at kbrightradio.com forward slash event, forward slash freed conference, and we'll be out there. And of course, if you stop by, uh, say hi to Teresa and Crystal, who will be manning the K Bright Prize booth, and booth, and they have a free gift for everyone. Uh, you know, when I think about how, how innocent this is. I think part of the reason why uh, so many people don't recognize demonic activities in their lives is because they may have had an encounter with it when they were much younger, and nothing happened. You know, it was, it was, well, this is what my friends mm. are doing. You know, they're they're wearing crystals or they're, you know, the, like yeah. you said, they're burning sage or whatever. And and the thought is, well, you know, I tried it. It didn't work. So that no big deal. God loves me. And, you know, here I am. And yet one of the things yeah. you talk about is you don't want the enemy to get a foothold. And there are ways that, unfortunately, many people in the body of Christ potentially leave the door open for that. Talk about why it's important for us to keep those doors and windows shut and to understand that even the smallest opening is all the enemy needs to begin the demonic activity.
1: You're so right. And the reason, so let me just say this, in the world that we're living and for us to be able to be the light and walk victoriously and be used by God the way that he desires for us to be used by him, it is so, so important That we do just that, that we know how to recognize and discern and stop that stuff from getting into our personal life, whether it's our home or us individually. So we can create these safeguards with the scripture and in our home that will close every open door and every window. When God spoke to Moses to make the tabernacle in the wilderness. He told him this. He said, I want you to hallow it, meaning dedicate it, make it holy. And God said, then I'll reside there. So what he was doing was he was setting it aside so that there wouldn't be a mixture of what was outside on the inside. And so it was protecting the environment so that it would facilitate what God desired to do in their lives. And so in the same way, there are, things that we will teach people, and how to keep those doors shut. I'll give you this example. So I pray over my home. We protect the environment of our home. We don't allow things to be common in our home that Jesus came and died on the cross to forgive us of and free us from. Those Mm -hmm. things that he died on the cross to set us free from, we don't facilitate in our home and make it a part of our everyday life. We right. create an environment intentionally. So we had some people come over to our house one time. When they left, all of a sudden I realized this the environment of my home feels very stressful. Nothing happened that while they were there that would mm. have created that. I'm like, what is going on? And then I realized that they actually brought something spiritual into my house. Mm. And so I reconsecrated my home. I prayed over the environment of my home. And that that strifeful spirit left my home and peace returned. Mm. And so those are some of the things that we'll be teaching people of how to create an environment, whether it's your home or your personal lives, while we live in this world that we're not called to uh, just to totally escape from we're called to actually influence people in it
2: mm-hmm.
1: and how to do that without it getting in you but yet use being the light out here in the middle of the world
0: well that is the challenge and that is definitely uh, what we are seeking to uh, avoid happening uh, in terms of the spiritual uh, demonic infiltration but There there are steps that can be taken, and we're so grateful that Pastor Jay Hayslip at the Sanctuary Church are hosting this Day of Breakthrough. It's coming up Saturday, February the 17th, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Sanctuary Church in Costa Mesa. Cape Wright team will be out there as well. We'll have a booth set up, and uh, usually it's—I'm not sure if it's Teresa or if it's going to be Crystal, maybe both of them. Uh, giving out free mm-hmm. goodies and just, you know, encouraging you in your walk and encouraging you and thanking you for coming to this event. kbrightradio.com forward slash event forward slash Freed Conference 2024 is where you'll find that information. Pastor Jay, thank you so much for putting on the conference, but also for spending some time with us today uh, to tell us about it here on the thank Bottom you. Line Show. Really, really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you. I look forward to seeing uh, you or someone from KBright this weekend.
0: Well, thank you, Pastor Jay, and that event is going to be at the Sanctuary in Costa Mesa this Saturday, and we will look forward to seeing you there. For more information, click on the link for the Freed Conference at... uh kbrightradio.com or just call the station here and we'll be happy to take care of you on the other side of this break a powerful new book has been created and it is a copy of god's word so it's a bible but it's done in a very unique artistic style and the author the author if you should say the artist behind this timothy gagneau is going to join me next to talk about what exactly is the illuminated messiah bible and why it presents 66 portraits of jesus that's coming up next as the bottom line continues Well, today here on the bottom line we're going to get into a new project that i am very excited about because i think it's fairly fairly safe to say that more and more people listen with their eyes than any other time in in modern culture and when it comes to reading and comprehending too that old adage a picture's worth a thousand words really comes to light in a brand new edition of god's word it's called the illuminated messiah bible it's 66 portraits of jesus using the king james version and we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And the the illuminator, if you will, the artist behind this is Timothy Gagnon, who is an award-winning artist, author, speaker, and instructor who has been performing and exhibiting arts in galleries and churches and conferences and schools all across the country, has a degree in theology, and also has a master's in fine art and painting from the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. Uh, Timothy Gagnon, welcome to The Bottom Line Show.
3: Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Well, and, and for those who are Googling along at home, G-A-G-N-O-N is pronounced Gagnon. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay, I want to did. Make sure.
3: It's a old French name. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Well, I appreciate you being with us today. Talk about your love for art, your love for the Lord. I mean, you, you've got such a rich background. There are so many different places we could start. When it comes to another, if you will, translation of the Bible, well, we've got a lot of them. But you took the original King James text and came up with these different portraits of Jesus. What was the motivation for you in doing so?
1: Uh, well,
3: for me, you know, because I'm an artist, I'm a visual thinker. I, I communicate visually. So when I'm whenever I'm reading the word of God, I'm drawing pictures in my head. I'm seeing images mm. after images, after images and my favorite absolute, if you want me to nerd out on the Word of God, it's the Messianic passages in the Old Testament, and then their fulfillment in Jesus Christ in the New Testament. And I mm-hmm. just find that to be the most fascinating, fascinating thing. It's, it's, it, you know, the story of the Messiah is the story of the Bible. Our Our Messiah is the avenue of our redemption. And so when I'm reading these passages, I'm seeing these images. And, you know, as an artist, you get to a point, you're like, I've got to paint this. And so over time, I just started working on painting these Messianic passages. And over time, it evolved into uh, quite a large project. And I really feel that the Lord just guided it from beginning to end. And uh, it became a five-year devotional, Mm. a, a visual painted devotional of myself contemplating what the word Messiah, the Christ, means. What is that? And then now, uh, the readers of this Bible, they can go along that journey with me by both looking at the, the paintings that I did, as well as reading the individual passages that I illuminated, and reading uh, the devotionals that I wrote alongside every single one.
0: Timothy Gagnon is with me today here on The Bottom Line, and we're talking about this new edition of God's Word that's called the Illuminated Messiah Bible. Now, this is not the full text of Scripture, obviously. I mean, it, that would be quite an undertaking. If it took you five years, Timothy, to, to come up with the artwork for this and find, you know, identify the verses, uh, that would be a huge challenge for all 66 books of the Bible. But to find this narrative to this and weave it, you know, straight through from Genesis all the way through. Uh, the the end of the the, the end of Revelation is really remarkable. Of course, this does include the text of Scripture, but I mean your pictures, your portraits, as it were, as well. Um, when you talk about you know reading the Bible and, and seeing the pictures in your head, and I, I can completely relate to having that experience, not because I'm an artist, but because you know you're hearing the Word of God and then seeing the way it is spoken to you and through you. I noticed that in your background, your your initial training, undergraduate degree with uh, the bachelor's degree in in theology, but then moving into the Master of Fine Arts, was the artistic career happening and then the Bible career happened, or did this start as kind of a, uh, you know, this is the way I'm studying scripture and maybe I'm thinking about ministry, but I really do have this talent, this gift for artistry as well.
3: Um, Actually, I would say art came first. I've always been an artist uh, professionally. Uh, I was uh, a graphic specialist in the uh, United States Air Force at 19 mm-hmm. years old wow. and uh, never, never once was not working as an artist, uh, both in the uh, advertising field and graphic design, uh, but also in fine art. And so getting the theology degree happened along the way. I had the opportunity to go for my degree in theology, and I was like, you know what, let's go back to college and let, let's do this. Mm -hmm. And uh, along the way, uh, as I was ministering um, with my art over the years, it it just it became more and more important for me to to be degreed in that. Uh, I'm also Mm -hmm. a college professor uh, in art. And so it's one of those things where having that um, those little feathers in your hat uh, can make a difference in, you know, credibility and things like that. And uh, so that's kind of where that started.
0: I love that, and the fact that you have such a great appreciation for and respect for both of these fields, if you will, the theology and also the artistry, I I really appreciate the fact that there are a lot of people who are artistically talented, but not many people who are artistically gifted. I think we would both agree, (laughs) you know, there's a big difference between, you know, identifying someone who says, this is my true gift. When did you realize, I mean, you, you mentioned you've always been you know, involved in the arts uh, and thank you for your service in the Air Force. We appreciate that uh, as well. But when did you realize that you had a gift? I mean, I'm looking at the pages of this Eliminated Messiah Bible and seeing, of course, the text of the King James, but then also each and every, like Genesis 3.15, you know, the the woman and the serpent and everything, and and this really beautiful, intricate uh, detail telling the story with the picture. When did you realize that uh, this was more than just, uh, I'm going to be an art director for an ad agency somewhere?
3: Oh, sure. Uh, Well, you know, for me, I've always been an artist. I've known that since I was a child, you know, even before I was born again. I would have told you God made me an artist. I was born. I was put on this earth to be an artist. I've always known that. Never doubted it for a second. Not even for a fraction of a second in my entire life. I know what I was put on this earth to do, and that's to create art. Um, but while I was in the military, I had just, I had just found the Lord. I had just become a Christian, and you know, I, I had met my flight commander. His name was Captain Mark Hayes, and he was a very, very devout man of faith. And he, alongside a chaplain named Bruce Ewing, Chaplain Bruce Ewing, these two gentlemen, they really connected with me, and they taught me that God has a plan for my art, and that God can use my art for His kingdom. And that when you combine your faith and your art, or whatever your passion is, God can do beautiful, beautiful things with that. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of taught me that. You know, it's it's been over the years of of seeking the Lord and Bible study that I have learned that, you know, God is a creator, and that God has a special place in his heart for creatives. You know, the first thing he revealed about himself was that he's a creator. In the beginning, God created. Mm -hmm. Um, The first person in the Bible where God himself says, I have filled this human with the Spirit of God was a visual artist named Bezellel. The man who created the uh, the tabernacle and everything in it, um, and so God has a heart for the arts. And uh, there's a beautiful Jewish tradition that goes all the way back to the Babylonian captivity, and it's called Hidur Mitzvah, and it means the beautification of the Torah or the beautification of the Word of God. And what it means is they interpret Exodus 15:2, where it talks about exalting God they interpret that to read i will exalt god by creating beautiful things
2: hmm.
1: which
3: completely transforms what creating art is it, it's it's an act of worship and so that's in a nutshell that's what this illumination is i'm trying to make the most beautiful bible i can to exalt the word of god and jesus our messiah and to share that revelation with everybody that reads this Bible,
0: Timothy Gagneau is my guest today here on the Bottom Line. The Illuminated Messiah Bible is the new project that he's put out. It's sixty-six portraits of Jesus, one portrait of Jesus for each book of the Bible, and it's just a—I a, mean, it's a, an amazing addition to your Bible study. When you get a copy of this and you look at this and start beginning to see the thread that he weaves starting at Genesis and all the way through the book of Revelation, showing us who the Messiah is and the fact that he's present all throughout all of Scripture, it really will enhance your Bible study and, I believe, deepen your faith. We've got a link for the book up at TheBottomLineShow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues.
2: Personal injury attorney Stephanie Cover of Cover Law will fight for justice on your behalf. She has to fight because no insurance company will willingly pay what you've lost after an accident. When you're in an accident, you take legal action simply to be restored to where you were prior to your injuries. Money may be needed for medical treatment, financial restitution for lost time at work, or any other thing that you've lost as a direct result of the injury. Stephanie's desire is for justice, to find what was taken from you due to your injury and have it restored for you. Stephanie will become your advocate, passionately helping you make sure that your doctor's appointments are productive, the insurance companies are being honest, and she'll make those calls that you don't have time for. Go with K Bright's trusted personal injury attorney who will help make you whole again. Stephanie Cover at kbrightradiocom slash C-O-V-E-R and get back to your life.
0: Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and So glad that you are here today as we are talking with uh, art, artist and I guess author, if you will, Timothy Gagno. Uh, he's more artist than author. And anytime somebody comes up with a version of the Bible, uh, people are going, wait a minute, now where'd you get this from? The scripture verses in the Illuminated Messiah Bible are all from the King James Version. Just so you know, it's a King James Bible. But what Timothy has done has added a different portrait of Jesus, of the Messiah, as he appears in each book of the Bible. So that's why this is, and it's done in something called the Illuminated Messiah uh, Bible Study form. Uh, That's actually an art style that we'll get into on the other side of this break. But uh, this Eliminated Bi- Messiah Bible, 66 Portraits of Jesus, gives you the King James Bible and these 66 portraits all in one resource. Now, we have not one, not two, but three of these that we're giving away today and would love to place one into your hands or into your home or wherever you want it placed. Um, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. the number to get you through to the bottom line. And because this is Valentine's Day, we also have three copies, at least, we may have more, of Dr. David Jeremiah's book called What the Bible Says About Love, Marriage, and Sex. It's part of his Bible study series in the book of the Song of Solomon. So give the girls a call right now. Teresa and Crystal are standing by. Joel's getting in on the act too. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. It is so um, important, I think, for us as Christians to understand what love is about. And of course, on a day like Valentine's Day, we remember, uh, you know, St. Valentine and that whole, I mean, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of that on the other side of the, uh, uh, the conversation here with, Dr., uh, with Timothy Gagno. But the idea that on a day that we commemorate uh, the love that we celebrate, you know, between a man and a woman, between a husband and wife, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends, possibly heading in that direction, you know that uh, the, the engagement story is going nuts. As a matter of fact, uh, if you were listening earlier this week on Monday, my friends Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck were with us from Casa Esperanza and Team H121.com uh, <clears throat> Racing. And their love story started when they were in high school and they got married on February 13th. I guess, I think that was a Saturday that year. I'm pretty sure it was there. And um, I always thought that was smart because getting married on the 13th meant that you didn't have to fight for crowds and stuff for flowers and whatever on the 14th. And yesterday they just celebrated their 42nd wedding anniversary, which is amazing since we've only been out of high school 45 years, (laughs) but good for them. But when we think about the romantic love that we celebrate today, let's not also forget The love of Jesus Christ that drove him to literally take on the form of man, to walk the earth for 33 years, and then go to the cross, bearing the brunt, literally carrying all of our sin with him to that cross. And his death and then resurrection, conquering death, proves that he is the one who can save us from our sins, and if we claim his blood as our own, which we're allowed to do by grace through faith in him— Then we have everlasting life so it's kind of a win-win for us especially as we kick off this ash wednesday and this lenten season more of my conversation with artist timothy gagneau about the illuminated messiah bible that's coming up next as the bottom line continues timothy gagneau is my guest today here on the bottom line i'm roger marsh he's the artist the illustrator if you will behind this brand new edition of god's word it's the king james version of the bible illuminated if you will uh, with the work of art, one portrait in each for each book of the Bible. It's called the Illuminated Messiah Bible, 66 Portraits of Jesus. And we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I appreciate, Timothy, the fact that you did this in a style that looks very consistent with, you know, if you're talking about King James Version of the Bible, that's going back to the 17th century, you know, so I'm sure there might have been some artists who would be tempted to do this and say, yeah, but let's do 21st century pictures, you know, to try to match up with the old text. You stay a little bit truer to what we might consider kind of stained glass church art type of, in terms of the style. Was that what you were going for with maybe a more contemporary feel or did you ever have the the urge to say, gosh, you know, I wonder if it looked great if you really couldn't tell. Who was doing what? Because it's one of those 21st century modern pieces where you don't sometimes you look at it and say, I don't get it.
3: Right. So there are actually this is the third illuminated manuscript Bible since the printing press. Um, There have been others that claim that, but they were just like collections of already existing artwork. So an illumination is actually a very ancient art form that comes from the Middle Ages. Some of your listeners may be familiar with the Book of Kells, which is considered medieval Europe's greatest treasure. And it's basically calligraphy, visual narrative painting, and gold or silver leaf. That combination Hmm. is what an illumination is. And uh, the other two modern ones Uh, that were done, they use that abstract or that what's called non-representational art where you could interpret it any way you want. It doesn't particularly look like anything. They're beautiful masterpieces, both of them, but the Illuminated Messiah Bible is different in a couple ways. The first being that it uses what we call realism. The the narrative paintings, they look like people. You know, you see people in places and things. You see Jesus riding uh, the donkey, you know, on Palm Sunday. You can tell what it is. That's called realism, and they're called narrative paintings because uh, because I'm interpreting Messianic scriptural passages about what Jesus would do and say and, and, and go and all the things, that, how we would recognize the Messiah when he came. I needed to paint those in ways that you could tell what, I'm telling the story through the art. And so mm-hmm. that was important. And it is a modern take, you know, my background has always been in realism. When I got out of the military, I worked in the comic book industry for a long time. So my style tends to be, um, tends to be in the realist style. I, I really like to draw and paint in a narrative realist style. And so that, that, that's really what this is. The other thing that makes this Bible so unique is the fact that um, it is it has a theme. It's an illuminated manuscript Bible. With a theme, Jesus the Messiah. And it takes you from Genesis to Revelation. And it shows you, it connects the Old Testament and the New Testament, just like in the book of Matthew. And in the book of Matthew, the famous phrase is, and Jesus did this in fulfillment of the prophet, so and so or so and so. This Bible does that. It connects the messianic themes of the Old Testament with Jesus in the New Testament and is shouting loud and clear, Jesus is our promised Messiah. And and to kind of, one of the ways that I do that is that all 66 individual paintings, when you're looking at them, you see a painting. You might see Moses parting the Red Sea. You might see a portrait of the Queen of Sheba. You may see a pride of lions with the the lion of the tribe of Judah. But every single one of these 66 paintings combined together, and they form in the art world, which is what is called a polyptych image, a combination of all 66 paintings combined together. And they form a giant twelve-foot cross. And when you look at that cross, you no longer see the individual paintings. You see Jesus crucified on the cross in a brand new surprise portrait.
1: Mm.
3: And uh, that is that was quite a task, needless to say. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> the, the beautiful part about that is, is every copy of the Bible comes with a poster of that polyptych image.
0: Mm. Mm, lovely, and uh, thank you, Timothy Gagnon, for, for clarifying that that, that, that this illuminated style that you worked is an art form. I mean, it's not just, we're yeah. talking about this is illumination because you get to see a picture, but it really is an artistic style and you stayed true to it, which is why it took you 15, or excuse me, five years to actually, uh, you know, put this together. That's that's a lot of work and a lot of dedication. Uh, Timothy Gagnon, my guest today here on The Bottom Line, he's the illustrator. I want to say the author, but obviously, you know, the Bible is the Bible. Uh, taking the <laughs> King James Bible and illuminating it in the illuminated artistic style to give us the illuminated Messiah Bible, 66 Portraits of Jesus. We have a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com, and you'll want to see this poster that has all of the the different portraits and how they show together Jesus on the cross. I would imagine that there are some churches that are going to say, uh, "Timothy, this is great. This is wonderful." But we already have copies of Scripture. If our individual members membership want to get this, that's great. But I, I you know, it, it's if the art is the only thing that's making this different from the King James text then thank you, but you know maybe not. I understand, though, that the art itself is kind of taking on a life of its own and has kind of a, a bit of a ministry <laughs> in and of itself, uh, especially at churches uh, all across the country. Talk about that, if you would.
3: Yeah, so if you think about it this way, for the first 1,500 years of church history, the primary tool that we use to engage, interact, and influence culture were the visual art drawings, paintings, frescoes, sculpture, architecture. That's how we communicated the gospel message to the masses, and it wasn't because they were illiterate. It was because it glorified God with incredible, stunning, awe-inspiring beauty that literally was shock and awe to people when they saw these things, and it was to exalt God and to draw people to Him. Um, We need to bring that back. God is restoring, there's a new renaissance rising in the church, as a friend of mine has said, and God's getting ready to do something, and part of that is we are taking all of the original art from the Illuminated Messiah Bible, and we take it on a traveling art exhibit, and instead of bringing it to art museums, we go to your church,
1: Mm, and we transform
3: your church into the churches of the renaissance era. Your church becomes a beautiful, stunning art museum that exalts the Word of God and Jesus through this beautiful art. And imagine if, just like in the Renaissance, people would cross the English Channel, walk across Europe just for a glimpse of one of Michelangelo's works. Right. And then they would go home and tell everybody about it. Imagine what could happen if the best art in your city, in your state, wasn't in a local art gallery, was inside your church building. What mm. could God do with that? And so we go to churches, and we put on this art exhibit. Uh, we do uh, with the arts all on display throughout your sanctuary or your, or your foyer or wherever you want to put it. And then we put on this beautiful night of worship with your worship team. And uh, we just lift up Jesus and lift up His Word with all this beautiful art. And when we actually do that phrase that I talked about before, Hidur Mitzvah, the exaltation of God by creating beautiful things.
0: I think that's wonderful. Timothy Gagno, my guest today here on The Bottom Line, the illustrator behind the Illuminated Messiah Bible, 66 Portraits of Jesus. We have a link for the book up at, well, the Bible, up at thebottomlineshow.com. Timothy, how do we get in touch with you uh, to find out more about maybe a church in our area that wants to uh, bring this uh, tour to where, where they're doing it? And and I just can only imagine what it's like for people to just, A, we understand, but we understand it on artistic, but also on a spiritual level as well. I'm to uh, have an opportunity. To, where do we reach you?
3: Uh, you can reach us at our website, illuminatedmessiah.com. Very easy to remember, and there's a bunch of videos. You can watch it on there. One of the videos says, Transform Your Church into an Art Gallery, and uh, tells you everything you need to know. You can hit the contact button, and we will get back with you as soon as possible.
0: We've got it uh, linked up to that as well. Kathy Gagno, thank you for the work that you put in. What about this, in many cases, wrestling with their faith, kind of deconstructing the way they went to church and thought about, this will kind of bring them back to a truer relationship. Well,
3: that, that's a great point. You know, for me, this artwork is, is all about lifting up the name of Jesus, and it's pointing a big finger into the Jesus of the Bible. The Messianic passages are, they're impossible. You know, written thousands of years before. These aren't horoscopes. These aren't vague little little things. These are incredibly detailed descriptive accounts that it would be impossible for one first century man to fulfill one let alone 66 let alone the the 74 that both Jews and Christians agree are 100% messianic this is a validation of the word of god this is a validation that jesus is the messiah that the the, the, the hebrews have been waiting for since since the beginning when when adam and eve fell in the garden And regardless of where you are in your faith or what church denomination you come from, put that all to the side. This is about Jesus, our promised Messiah. And when you find him, you will find everything you need to know. And that's what this really is all about.
0: Beautifully put. Uh, Timothy Gagno, the illustrator behind the Illuminated Messiah Bible, 66 Portraits of Jesus. We've got a link for the book up at TheBottomLineShow.com. Timothy, great to get to know you. Thank you for your dedication uh, to this project and to your craft as well, and thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line.
3: Thank you very much. God bless you guys.
0: Well, what a fascinating conversation. Timothy Gagnon has been my guest. G-A-G-N-O-N is how it's spelled, but pronounced Gagnon. He is the artist who's responsible for creating these 66 portraits of Jesus that are included in this brand new version of the King James Bible. Now, the King James text has not changed at all. It's uh, it's the same King James you remember. But um, the, the portraits of Jesus are rather stunning, starting with Genesis 3.15, where we see God handing out judgment to The man and the woman and the serpent and just kind of moving on from there the book is called the illuminated messiah bible 66 portraits of jesus and remember that illuminated uh, style the illuminated messiah is that kind of gold leaf it looks it'll look very familiar to you it's got kind of a stained glass vibe to it but it's just beautiful we have not one not two we've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com if you want to take a look at it and we have not one not two but three copies of this Bible that we're giving away today in honor of Valentine's Day. So give us a call, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And again, uh, not only is it in honor of Valentine's Day, but today being uh, the first day of Lent, I want to throw that out there as an incentive for you as well. We're going to talk a little bit more about Ash Wednesday and the Lenten season in just a moment. Also, to sweeten the deal, we love this when our with uh, our pastor friends, when the programming friends of the Bottom Line Show affiliates get in the act as well. Dr. David Jeremiah's team at Turning Point has provided us with a half dozen copies of a book that Dr. Jeremiah wrote on the Song of Solomon. It's a book called "What the Bible Says About Love, Marriage, and Sex," and I believe we have a half dozen of those plus selected uh, CDs, uh, audio recordings of the uh, of the messages as well. So give Teresa and Crystal a call. They'll let you know what's available and what you can win. But please know the number is 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, a lot of people are still tearing their hair out trying to get get the goodies in order, the chocolates, the candies, the flowers, whatever. But why exactly do we celebrate February 14th as a day of love and romance? Does it have a biblical history? Um, It does and it doesn't. Does it have a cultural history? Yes, it does. Um, Have we kind of uh, sweetened it out a little bit over the years? Well, yeah, we we certainly have, compared to uh, the way NPR reports on it. We're going to take a look at all the different mishmash reportings as to why Valentine's Day is important for us in the body of Christ to celebrate, but also get into a little bit why today is, uh, I think it's rather poetic and ironic, if you will, uh, but not coincidental that uh, this year, the first day of the Lenten season, is also the first day uh, or the day that we celebrate uh, romantic love in our culture. That's all coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. For more than 50 years, Dennis Wilson has been offering better alternatives to what the market offers when it comes to investments like certificates of deposit and real estate investment trusts. Dennis's 3D account pays even better than market interest rate. Here's Dennis to explain.
4: So what is a 3D account and how does it work? A 3D account is a real estate-backed investment without Wall Street risk. It pays an amazing interest of 7% for the next three years. At the end of three years, you can take your money out, so you can see it's definitely not a REIT, or you can reinvest it at 7% in a new program. Go ahead and call today and ask about the 7% account, and then while you're on the phone, and ask about our accounts that are pays even higher amounts for funds over $250,000.
0: Learn more about Dennis Wilson's 3D Money account, the better alternative to the Real Estate Investment Trust. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970. Wilson Financial, simply better alternatives. My thanks again to Timothy Gagno, the artist responsible for the beautiful portraits of Jesus that are all throughout the brand new Illuminated Messiah Bible, 66 Portraits of Jesus. Literally, it's a book that just, uh, it looks like an old leather Bible. And it takes the King James text of the Bible along with the, uh, the, the 66 different portraits. There's a portrait of Jesus all throughout. Anybody who looks at the, the, the New Testament, remember, remember there was that one pastor, I think it might've been Andy Stanley, who was talking about how it was really important for Christians, in his words, to unhitch themselves or unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament and just start focusing on the New. There are whole denominations, if you will, that have focused on the New Testament teachings and they completely disregard the old. And they're missing a part of the New Testament that really ties it all together, the words of Jesus when he said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. I mean, remember, God's a God of redemption and restoration, but he's also a God of completion. I mean, the whole reason God sent his son to earth is because he loved us so much and he loved his creation so much, he wanted to start the redemption process. And if you want to start redeeming all of creation, you have to start with the, the, the part of creation that could do the most damage, and that would be mankind. Uh, let me give you the numbers again for the Eliminated Messiah Bible, 66 portraits of Jesus, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And remember, when you call, we also have several copies. I want to say it's anywhere from three to six. I've lost track. Dr. David Jeremiah's book, uh, What the Bible Says About Love, Marriage, and Sex. It's his sermon series. Uh, The book is based on uh, his sermon series on the Song of Solomon. Um, It's a great resource to have. Now, please note, guys, I know there's some men listening right now who, um, it's february 14th it's about a quarter to four uh, pacific time and you haven't purchased anything yet if you call in to win this book you will not have it for dinner tonight okay i just i just i want to make that perfectly clear um but uh, now that we've got that out of the way whether you're calling in for timothy ganyo's uh, illuminated messiah bible or dr david jeremiah's book what the bible says about love sex and marriage um we've got you covered 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. It's interesting to read all the different takes on why and how we celebrate Valentine's Day. And um, NPR has an article uh, that they published a couple years ago called The Dark Origins of Valentine's Day. You know, the the secular mainstream press really loves to get into the darker side of anything because they know that if it bleeds, it leads. Uh, a, A writer by the name of Arnie Seipel wrote that Valentine's Day is a time to celebrate romance, love, and kissy-face fealty, but the origins of this festival of candy and cupids is actually quite dark, bloody, and a bit muddled. And then they go in and talk about how the Romans uh, back in ancient times used to uh, celebrate from Feb 13 to Feb 15, uh, the feast of Lupercalia, uh, where men sacrificed a goat and a dog, and then they found the hides of the animals they had just slain and used to whip women with them. Uh, It was a drunken just lousy, horrible type of thing. Now you get into the 5th century and Pope Gaius I uh, combined Valentine's Day with uh, Lupercalia and basically said, well, we want to make it more of a Christian holiday. And it's very common uh, for this to happen. They took, uh, the, the Catholic Church then took the idea of, uh, there were a couple of different guys in the 3rd century, both by the name of Valentine, who would go across the, the land and, and, and preach the gospel. And both of them, of course, you know, Rome was so thrilled to have these men uh, preaching the gospel, and of course, I say this in quotes, Uh, they were so thrilled that that happened that they wound up executing both of them in different years, but ironically, on February 14th, both times. And then you get into the whole idea of the, what about the cards and the, you know, the women and whatever, the Normans celebrated a guy, uh, Gallatin's Day, Gallatin meant a lover of women, and then they would take Gallatin and confuse it with St. Valentine's and, well, well, that's where this is all according to NPR, by the way. Um, so then you've got Chaucer and Shakespeare romanticizing Valentine's Day and that way of celebrating it gained popularity throughout Britain and all of Europe. And then uh, in the Middle Ages, that's when the cards started to show up. And then, of course, the Industrial Revolution, it was easy to make more cards. You could do them in the factories. By 1913, Hallmark cards of Kansas City, Missouri, actually began mass-producing Valentine's, and that's, you know, pretty much, th- that's, that's the NPR version of how Valentine's Day became Valentine's Day, a pagan Roman holiday uh, where, that involved sacrificing animals and, and taking their hides and then striking women with them, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that's what they allegedly did, and those festivals would go on from Feb 13, 14, and 15. And then when Pope Gaius gets involved and says, hey, you know, we, we're, we're going to take that Lupercalia event, but we want to make it more faith-based. And so we're going to take that celebration and make it less of the drunken revelry, um, but basically say the, the idea that it was something of a, a, a time, literally, as the Pope wrote, to uh, put clothes back on people rather than take them off. And yet the idea of the men pursuing women still kind of hung around. Isn't it interesting how many traditions that we have start with something relatively simple and obscure, and then they grow in popularity. I find that fascinating. Um, The older I get, there's always that, you know, trepidation, I think, that a lot of guys have, especially, Uh, you've got uh, that they're going to get this wrong. You know, is it okay to not go completely overboard? Um, when it comes to uh, to romance i'll tell you a personal story about uh, lisa and me and on the other side of this break that kind of underscores getting it right but then realizing as we get older that there are lots of different ways to get it right it really depends on where god has you in that moment um that's coming up next as the bottom line continues bottom line show listeners have been so supportive of Preborn, and i appreciate you and i know that pre-born does as well Preborn is the pregnancy resource center that offers women uh, options and offers women the truth when it comes to an unexpected or unplanned pregnancy. Now, if you were expecting pregnancy and you wanna get a free ultrasound, you can go to a pre-born clinic as well. It's very easy to do. And every time we donate $28 to the cause, that provides one free ultrasound appointment for someone who may or may not have the means to handle this. Now, Terry in Cathedral City recently called in a $1,000 donation. Thank you so much, Terry, for uh, for giving us that call, especially out of the Coachella Valley. Also, Dennis in Los Angeles called in a $28 donation. Thank you, Dennis, for that $28. And also, I want to say thanks to Diane in San Diego, a $500 donation. Every $28 you provide, Means one more ultrasound visit for a woman who may be deciding between whether or not to keep the pregnancy or to keep the child. We are pro-child. Eighty-five percent of the women who go to Preborn and see the ultrasound choose life for their preborn child. And you can give a tax-deductible donation online today to support that cause. Go to kbrightradio.com and look for the Preborn banner. Click the banner and make your best donation today. Welcome back to this, everyone, Wednesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Ash Wednesday. By the way, if you're listening on KCBC, we're going to devote the final half hour of the program to uh, looking at Ash Wednesday, what it means for us, what the season of Lent is all about. Uh, it's not a lot of people are, are misunderstand they say well that's something catholics do but if we're good evangelical christians we don't participate in that i would respectfully disagree and i'll explain why during the next half hour but if you're listening on KCBC you know that this half hour is live and uh, the other half hours of the program are uh, spread throughout your broadcast day. You'll hear this, uh, that final explanation about Ash Wednesday tonight at seven o'clock. So if you don't have an Ash Wednesday service to go to, listen to KCBC and you can hear my explanation there. Uh, We're talking about, of course, love. We're talking about the love of Christ that was shown to us uh, and not starting on Valentine's Day, obviously starting on Christmas Day. Uh, Timothy Gagneau's Illuminated Messiah Bible is still up for grabs. We have three copies of that we're giving away today, 800-227-5278. Also, Dr. David Jeremiah from Turning Point Ministries. His ministry has donated a half dozen copies of Dr. Jeremiah's book, What Does the Bible Say About Love, Sex, and Marriage? And we've got those up as well at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Um, earlier this morning, I should say later this evening, because we're both kind of night owls, Lisa and I were, were nodding off and falling asleep and wishing each other a happy Valentine's Day and remembering the first Valentine's Day we celebrated as a couple. We were, uh, had been dating for about nine months at that time and I'd finished up my show at the Bottom Line show and was on my way to Lisa's house over the river and through the woods. It wasn't a far drive in terms of distance, but because of traffic in Southern California, I'd get off the air around five or so, and it was kind of a it was kind of a real pain. And as I was driving up to her home, I was in the uh, the high occupancy vehicle diamond lane thing. I had my fast track going, and I was driving along. But if you know that stretch of the ninety one through Corona, where you can also hear us on one hundred point seven FM, by the way. Um, there's a a whole stretch where they've got these little pylons that are there and uh, these little white things. And they're basically plastic. There's nothing holding them down. And over the course of time, so many people have cut out from the regular traffic into that lane. So they miss all the transponders. They don't have to pay any money. Uh, It looks like just like you're missing a whole section of teeth. It's not really funny. I'm talking to Lisa. We're just, you know, pitching woo with each other. She's making dinner and I'm, you know, coming up there with my very special Valentine's gift. And all of a sudden a car pulls from the left lane where they weren't supposed to be into my lane and cuts me off. And I'd never experienced anti lock braking before, but that's what happened. Anti lock brakes. My car jammed on, my phone went flying across the, the car along with my card and gift for Lisa. And uh and then the car basically shut down it shut off so now i'm sitting here with traffic coming around me i just inched over to the side where people could go around me but this crazy idiot decided he didn't want to pay the toll and so he cut me off and we were just reminiscing about how you know that could have gone horribly wrong but it didn't and then the rest of that evening was spectacular because our relationship really turned up a notch that day um with the way that we you know exchanged and shared our love for each other but it really made us take uh each other less for granted you know we really started to appreciate each other a lot more and uh, about eight months later we were engaged and three months after that we were married but I think about how oftentimes love is revealed through a pressureful, pressure filled situation oftentimes we're, we're looking for it to come you know with hearts and flowers and perfect Hollywood soundtrack and oftentimes it doesn't show up that way and I realized that maybe as Christians, we have the romance thing wrong because not that we should always look for some kind of tragedy or some kind, something really you know jarring to, to drive us into each other's arms. But you think about the love of Christ and where that first showed up for us. It showed up in a sinful, fallen world that was literally hopeless. Other than Jewish temple Torah obedience, there was no way for people to be right with God. And God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believed in him who could dwell with him. He dwelled on earth for 33 years, perfectly sinless, and then paid the ultimate price for our sin. But it was born out of adversity, out of our darkness, out of our uh, the horror of the thought of being separated from God forever and ever. I pray that this Valentine's Day, as you celebrate with the loved one that you have, or maybe you're in a single situation right now and you don't have a relationship, that you'll take some time to focus on the love of Christ, focus on the love that he shares with us, freely, and how it's not terribly romantic per se, but it is life-changing, life-altering. And it usually is when we are in our lowest point and we find ourselves literally facing potential death that we actually find the key to eternal life, and that is the love of Christ on the cross. That is the good news, and that's the bottom line. Well, welcome back or welcome to, depending on when you're tuning in, to the Bottom Line Show today. I'm Roger Marsh. We air every weekday afternoon from 3 to 4.30 Pacific, 4 to 5.30 Mountain um, on a couple of fantastic stations. Of course, KBRT, Southern California, AM 740 in SoCal, AM 1240 in San Diego proper. Uh, we're at FM 103.3 in National City and FM 100.7 in Corona, and then up the dial. KCBC, our Northern California affiliate uh, that handles everything from uh, Modesto on up to Sacramento at 7:70 uh, a.m. And then we also have 94.7 FM right there in Modesto Oakdale. Uh, if you have the chance to get the low-powered FM, um, and then we are also on AM 1220 KLDC in Denver. And that happens each and every uh, weekday, Monday through Friday from 4 to 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time. And then for those who like to listen to KLTT, our sister station in town, you get a half-hour edition of the Bottom Line Show every weekday afternoon from 2.30 to 3. That obviously is pre-recorded. And coming up, uh, starting on the 1st of March, we are moving into Birmingham, Alabama as well. As a matter of fact, if you like the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, uh, WXJC has been carrying um, NCR ever since we started. And uh, starting March the 1st, all of the bottom line, or all of the NCR hosts are going to have our programs airing on WYDE, which is their affiliate station in Birmingham. So you get going to get to your Neil Boron live for an hour every day, Bob Duco's program for an hour every day, a uh, couple hours of John Rush and Rush to Reason, um, weeknights at, I think that'll be 8 to 10 p.m. Um, in Birmingham time. And then the bottom line, wrap it up your day from 10 p.m. to 1130 p.m. Monday through Friday so that's going to be a lot of fun starting March the 5th so if you know anybody in the Birmingham Alabama area uh, please uh, give them our contact info and we would love to connect with them because that, that'll be a lot of fun. Today is one of those interesting days it is Ash Wednesday in the church the start of the Lenten season 40 days of uh, reflection and prayer and repentance and even you know going without certain things it's also Valentine's Day and I was talking with our friends at Preborn earlier in the day about a kind of an interesting phenomenon um, if you go to a supermarket and are looking for a bunch of flowers or some roses this that and the other thing a lot of places if they still have flowers left have specials and uh, you know you can get a bouquet of flowers for Valentine's Day uh, in some places for like 29 99 Now that may be a little bit more here in the People's Republic of California but that's a pretty good you know dollar amount for a gift. For $28 you can give the gift of life to a woman who is getting ready to celebrate her ultimate valentine and that is Of course, the ultimate Valentine relationship is with Jesus Christ, but there are a lot of moms who are expecting babies right now. As a matter of fact, I got to spend some time recently with both of my daughters. Uh, Kaylee is due on April the 7th and Emily is due on March the 12th. And so uh, getting a chance to, you know, and it's funny, it's Kaylee's first. She's super excited, has all sorts of plans as to how this is going to work out, has lots of energy, still working her full-time job. It's Emily's second. And our grandson Isaac is almost seven. So they've had about a seven-year gap between kids. And Em is just tired. <laughs> she's just whooped. But anyway, think about this for just a moment. If you're looking for a Valentine's Day gift to give someone or to give in their honor, why not take that amount you would spend on a Valentine's Day gift and cut it in half and take the other half and make a donation to pre-born? Every $28 you donate to pre is going to provide an ultrasound for a woman who is expecting and doesn't quite know what to do. She's been told that she has to, uh, uh, she's been told that she has to, uh, (coughs) um, you know, do something with the pregnancy. Maybe there's someone telling her that she shouldn't go through with it. You know, maybe she's thinking, oh my gosh, can I afford to do this? Doesn't know what her options are. The thing about pre-born is, first of all, she gets told the truth about how far along she is in the pregnancy, gets to see the ultrasound images that are just remarkable. And then is told what her options are. Abortion clinics won't do that abortion clinics will tell you oh you're pregnant well we'll do an ultrasound so we know what we're getting into but you're going to abort that child and you know people say well that's not fair Roger I mean they they don't just do abortions they do family planning et cetera, et cetera." well l- let me make this argument it's either contraception that will prevent a pregnancy or they'll give you pills that will end a pregnancy and tell you that's contraception there's nothing contra about that kind of contraception conception means the baby is formed contraception means you keep that from happening if a child is formed in the womb then you can't do contraception because the conception has already taken place so anyone who tells you take these pills and its contraception is lying to you Preborn tells the truth lovingly compassionately shares the gospel Thousands of women come to faith in Christ every year, but also thousands of women decide to choose life for their preborn children. And a $28 donation makes it possible for one more ultrasound visit to happen. 83% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and see the ultrasound choose life for their child, either to become moms or to release that child for adoption once he or she is born. Now, Dennis Wilson of Wilson Financial got into the spirit here earlier this week, made a generous $5,000 matching gift donation to Preborn, and we want to use up every dollar of that match. 833 850 BABY is the number to call. Every $28 saves another life. 833 850 BABY or go online to kbrightradio.com or RogerMarsh.com, find the Preborn banner and click that banner today and make your best donation. Make it a Valentine's Day to remember. For a woman right now who is confused and just doesn't know which way to turn regarding the birth of her freeborn child. Well, in addition to Valentine's Day, of course, it's also Ash Wednesday. It's the start of the Lenten season. I know a lot of people think, well, Ash Wednesday, I see people with ash crosses on their forehead, and that must mean they're Catholic. Not necessarily true, having been a member of the Lutheran Church for half my life. But I mean, I'm tr- part of the greater church universal. I mean, different denominations uh, right now, currently part of a a fellowship that has more of a Baptist feel to it. But when we think about Ash Wednesday, what exactly does it mean? I can think of three words that come to mind. Uh, The first is repentance. The second is reconciliation. And the third is righteousness. We think about the gift of life that Jesus Christ gives each of us when God sent his son, Jesus, to rescue us from sin and death and hell. And we live in the newness of that life. I mean, that's, that's what the, ultimately our life in Christ is all about. We also live in a world that is literally drowning in sin. And the lure of that sin can wear us down. It leaves at the spiritual temple of the Holy Spirit in a state of disrepair. When we, we, we saw the ad that was run during the Super Bowl, the He Gets Us people ran a thing saying, Jesus didn't teach hate, Jesus washed feet. And then you get into the whole, well, did he actually wash people's feet or was it just the disciples? But in doing that work for the disciples, does that encourage them to wash the feet of others? Was that symbolic? You know, there's also, is even culturally relevant today since we don't walk around on dirt roads with muddy feet and have servants in our homes that have the lowly task of doing so. But the beautiful thing about Ash Wednesday is that draws us into the Lenten season is it gives us an opportunity to experience repentance and reconciliation and righteousness in a fresh new way we think about where this all takes place where does it take place it takes place internally it happens in our hearts Um, I think of the words of the prophet Joel you might have heard these before I mean as Joel's talking about how bad it was for Israel during their season, and he's considered one of the minor prophets, not because his work is less important than Jeremiah or Isaiah, but rather because uh, the the prophecies that Joel wrote down were actually, it, it's a shorter book. <laughs> All the minor prophets have that shorter book tendency. The temple in Jerusalem that Solomon had built had fallen into disrepair in Joel's time, and basically there were centuries of misuse and abuse and neglect. And so now the, the Israelites basically had been worshiping at the temple once again and yet they realized that they needed to do some renovation, so they did and if you've ever watched those DIY programs do-it-yourselfers where people get a hold of an old house that maybe it's just fallen into horrible disrepair and they're trying to fix it up and sell it uh, the co- process known as flipping you can restore a home physically you can knock down some walls and put up some new one put fresh paint and new wallpaper carpeting whatever you want to do inside that home but what really is going to turn that, from, that house from being a house to being a home is the spirit that's in the house. The spirit in that house is gonna set the tone. I'll never forget the time uh, when my kids were younger um, and we had some friends over uh, of theirs. I had come over one afternoon just to pick something up. They'd had a marching band competition or something like that the day before and uh, somebody left something somewhere and so the family stopped by after church and came in and we invited him in sat down at the kitchen table we didn't really have a dining room per se it was a small condominium and the children of this couple were just kind of staring around and they were looking around and just kind of taking the whole thing in and I thought well you know they live in a big two-story house with a pool and a backyard and our house is so you know kind of small (laughs) not not something that you'd invite people over to hang out in and finally I, I was talking with the parents talking with the kids and I looked at the the there was a boy who was in the group and his younger sister and i looked at her i said is everything okay and she said yeah no it, it's fine she said your house is just so warm and it was interesting because this was literally in the dead of winter there was nothing warm about that day we didn't have the heater on we'd literally just gotten home from church and yet she sensed a spirit in this home that even though there had been a lot of calamity and a lot of tragedy and a lot of you know tough times there was that warmth there and what Joel tells his people that he's prophesying to in Joel chapter 2 verses 12 through 14 is this here are the words you you know the first verse probably by heart even now declares the Lord return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning rend your heart and not your garments you remember the old testament uh that that uh, practice that the Israeli uh, the Israelites had where if they were mourning something or weeping about something, what would they do? They would tear their clothes, they'd put on sackcloth, and then tear it, and then they put ashes on their head. And, and here's what he's saying, rend your heart and not your garments. It's not about that outward appearance. It's what happens on the inside. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. What Joel is telling the people of God is that even though they're spending all this time rebuilding the temple of Solomon, saying, that's fine, that's good, you should be doing that, but you're doing so when your hearts aren't in the right place. And so on Ash Wednesday, we find ourselves in that season where we're saying we are going to return to God. We see what kind of condition our hearts are in. And basically, if you're wondering how to go about that, God has a three-step process that we can take a look at from the book of Joel, and uh, also some encouragement from 2 Corinthians as well. We'll take a look at that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. For more than 50 years, Dennis Wilson has been offering better alternatives to what the market offers when it comes to investments like certificates of deposit and real estate investment trusts. Dennis's 3D account pays even better than market interest rate. Here's Dennis to explain.
4: So what is a 3D account and how does it work? A 3D account is a real estate-backed investment without Wall Street risk. It pays an amazing interest of 7% for the next three years. At the end of three years, you can take your money out, so you can see it's definitely not a REIT, or you can reinvest it at 7% in a new program. Go ahead and call today and ask about the 7% account, and then while you're on the phone, and ask about our accounts that are based even higher amounts for funds over $250,000.
0: Learn more about Dennis Wilson's 3D Money Account, the better alternative to the Real Estate Investment Trust. Call 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Wilson Financial. Simply better alternatives. Welcome back to this Ash Wednesday, Valentine's Day edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's also Everyone Wednesday. And uh, we've got, uh, of course, books from Dr. David Jeremiah based on his sermon on the Song of Solomon, what the Bible says about love, sex, and marriage. Got a couple of Chip Ingram books on uh, making a marriage that's built to last. Call us at 800-227-5278 and get in on the festivities. But guys, please understand, I said this in the first hour, I'll say it again now. If you call in and win one of these books, it will not be delivered to your home in time for Valentine's Day tonight. Just, Just so you know, that's a public service from me to you. Um, also our friends at pre-born are reminding us that usually you could find a bouquet of flowers or some kind of meaningful gift last minute uh, at the grocery store or at the flower shop or whatever and you can spend about 28 bucks on something like that or why not give a gift of an ultrasound knowing that you're helping to save the life of a young child through Preborn. Twenty-eight dollars, one ultrasound appointment, and Dennis Wilson's five thousand-dollar matching gift in place. So your twenty-eight dollars basically becomes fifty-six. Eight three three eight five zero baby, the number to call there. Eight three three eight five zero b a b y. Or click the banner at rogermarsh.com, or go to kbrightradio.com and wait for the little banner scrolling around thing. Then when it lands on preborn click on it and you're there. We're talking about repentance. We're talking about uh, restoration, reconciliation, and renewal uh, that we experience during the season of Lent. Uh, Joel is the minor prophet that gives us a variety of different verses that shows us God's three-step program for spiritual renewal during Lent. And the first is return. In Joel chapter 2, verse 12, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. The things that Joel mentions are things that we do internally and they have an external reward. The people of Israel were rebuilding Solomon's temple, that's good, but what Joel says, God says, is I want your heart, I don't. your actions are gonna be an outflow of what's happening in your heart, so return. Secondly, rend, now this is great. Rend your heart and not your garments, Joel chapter two, verse 13. If you look at the Hebrew word bakha, B-A-Q-A, and the Greek word schizo, it means the same thing. It literally means to break open. And when we're talking about this rending here, it literally means, it, it, whereas the Jewish custom would have been put on sackcloth and ashes and rip the sackcloth, tear it to show that you are in mourning, that, you, that you're really sorry for what's happening, that you are in agony and repenting. But basically what Joel is saying here is, wait, this is, this is not just to tear your clothes. It's break open your heart. Make this a gut level. If you've ever had that moment in a friendship or a relationship or whatever, where the, the hurt is so deep and the emotions that you're sharing are so raw and yet you can say man i'm exhausted after all this now you get the idea that this is more than just saying hey i posted something on facebook so apparently i'm good so return to god with all your heart rend literally break open your heart and don't worry about tearing your garments don't worry about the external and then finally repent That's the hallmark of Christian life. I mean, people are getting all butthurt over the the He Gets Us campaign because they're saying, well, we're going to argue and quibble on the fine points. Did Jesus actually say go wash people's feet or did he show that as a, a demonstration of be willing to serve as the lowliest of the low? But the reality is the repentant heart has been returned to God. It's been torn open to find out what's really in it and God begins restoring there with this repentance that we say. Uh, Joel chapter 2, further on in that passage, verse 19, he writes, I am sending you grain, new wine, and olive oil enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations. Why? Because you've turned away from your sinful lifestyle. You've turned away from the things you were doing that weren't right. This is something that during these 40 days of Lent, we can take to heart as we pray and meditate. How much like the world have we become? How much repenting do we need to do? See, the beautiful thing about the Christian life is there are those who might be of the opinion that when you do certain things, then God shows up and blesses you, kind of like it's obedience training. You know, you get on the mat and you get a treat. You go in the cage and you get a treat, you know, like it's a puppy or something. But the reality is the actions that we take are an overflow of our rent, our broken apart heart that has returned to God. The returning, meaning that the regular implication, what God's original intent for us, is that we were created to be good. I, I've seen some more left-leaning Christians saying, hey, look, we're good, because God created us good. You know, I mean, we just, we just have to be better, but we're, we're good. It's like, well, no, we're not good. God's original intent for mankind was good, but Adam and Eve ushered sin into the camp. We were banished from the camp, and now sin uh, permeates our whole world. So we need deliverance from that sin, hence the reason for Jesus' death on the cross and his blood to wash us clean. So we go through this whole process with God where we are in actively engaged in this idea of repenting of God, being reconciled to God, and then living in his righteousness. Repentance is a threefold process that just means you return and then you rend your heart and then you repent. Then the reconciliation part shows up in Second Corinthians. We believe that when we are reconciled to God, three things take place immediately. First of all, we are heard by him. Paul writes in Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse two, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. For those who are wondering, What is my relationship with God like? If it feels as though God is not answering your prayers, that's a good place to to begin to look at the repentance that's necessary. Once you have repented, Jesus on the cross, last words on the cross were, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, uh, Psalm 31, 5. Jesus praying and saying, look, I'm giving everything to you, Lord. I need to be in relationship with you. That relationship needed to be restored. That prayer is essential. And God heard that prayer first and foremost. Then the healing takes place. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. And then we see that once we are heard and healed, we are then made helpful. We will bear fruit as Christians in the same way that God plants a seed and says, this is an apple tree, and the seed grows up into a tree, and the fruit shows up on the tree. And what kind of fruit is there? Apple. Okay, that's how we know it's an apple tree. And every apple comes with, equipped with more seeds, which means more trees, more apples. You get the idea. So 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 3 through 10, reads like this. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. In great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing poor yet making many rich having nothing and yet possessing everything that's what we have waiting for us and at our disposal as those who have been heard and healed the righteous the uh, those who have truly repented of our sin that's what we reflect upon during this holy season of Lent, which begins today with Ash Wednesday. We'll take a quick break and some final thoughts on then what it means to be the righteousness of God coming up next as the bottom line continues. One of the things I appreciate, and I know you do too, about preborn is the fact that they tell you the truth about where you are in pregnancy. You know, it, 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 it's amazing how the National Institute of Health and the CDC wants to classify pregnancy as a quote-unquote illness, so then they can prescribe quote-unquote treatment medication in the form of an abortion pill to end the abortion. Well, that's crazy. We know, you know, and I know that God creates each of us in the womb of our mothers and he creates each of us uniquely for a purpose. And 85% of the women who go to preborn clinics and they don't hear the the propaganda from the abortion industry that says you, your two choices are either abortion or misery, that there are three options. And the third one involves Basically, choosing life for the child and releasing that child for adoption. Want to thank a couple of people for their very generous donations to Preborn. Dean in National City made a fourteen hundred dollar donation. Dave in Lake Forest a five hundred dollar donation. Uh, and also Edward in Norfolk, Nebraska, who listens online with a forty-eight monthly dollar donation. Uh, go to kbrightradio.com. Click on the preborn banner and make your best donation today. It's completely tax deductible. 100% of your donation goes to ultrasound technology. And we're saving lives and saving babies through preborn. Click on kbrightradio.com. Hit the preborn banner today. Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and we're taking a look at Ash Wednesday, which falls on Valentine's Day this year, which means we are now in the Lenten season. Easter, by the way, is March 31st this year, so plan ahead. We've been looking at uh, the prophet Joel and talking about what repentance, reconciliation, and righteousness means, also the apostle Paul. And uh, Joel offers us a a three-step process by which we can experience spiritual renewal during Lent. Uh, The repentance part, which means return and rend and repent of your sins. Then the reconciliation part with God, where we are heard, healed, and then made helpful. And finally, the righteousness of God. And this is a nice little rhyme. We see the measure, pleasure, and treasure of the way God loves us. And we find all of this in the Sermon on the Mount, chapter, uh, chapter 6 of the Gospel of Matthew. For the measure part, what does Jesus say? Chapter 6, verse 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be done in secret. And then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. That measure of reward from God is way better than anything that you can imagine in this life. And yet when you do it in front of other people, oh, thank you, I'm so humble, blah, blah, blah. You really are missing out on the eternal reward because all you get is that handshake or key to the city or whatever you want it to. The second aspect of God's righteousness, you will be able to give in measure, but then you'll do so with pleasure. Verse 16 of Matthew chapter six, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And what a much better reward there is for there. And then I measured the measure and then the pleasure. Here comes the treasure part. You know this one. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Great counsel from the Lord in the Sermon on the Mount, but it reminds us as we enter into this Lenten season, our need to repent of our sin our need to be restored to be rescued by God and then how sinful we truly are I pray that as you enter into this 40-day season you'll remember that ashes to ashes and dust to dust you are apart from Christ but because of Christ's sacrifice on the cross and you're claiming that reward for your own because of the gift of faith which enables you to receive the gift of salvation you can be healed of these spiritual wounds that will never be healed any other way. And so if you're concerned about a video that shows people washing other people's feet, especially people who look like they're sworn enemies of each other, remember that our job is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation and baptize those who receive that good news in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's not our job to decide who gets to hear that good news, but it's also not our decision as to whether or not they're going to receive it. All we can do is faithfully deliver that message and see what they do with it. And speaking of that, if you've had that message delivered even to you today, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to respond to the gift of salvation that God gives you freely? All you have to do is say yes and pray that the Lord would give you the gift of faith so that you might receive the gift of salvation today, if not during this holy season. That's the good news and that's the bottom line.